1: Podcast. Welcome back to another episode of the Packaday Podcast. You can get all your Packaday updates by following us on Twitter at Packaday Podcast. And remember, you can subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, TuneIn, Stitcher, or Spotify. And of course, you can always go over and check us out at CheeseheadTV.com. I'm Kyle Fellows, and I am joined by my co-host, Mr. Andrew mertig Andrew, it's a Friday show. Uh, super excited to do this with you. What's going on, man? Yeah,
2: it's 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 great to be back. We're also hosting the YouTube stream today, so that's yeah. very exciting. Kyle is showing off his St. Louis Cardinals pride, so uh <laughs> please judge him accordingly. Cool. That's kind of course, yeah. gross. But uh yeah, we're we're you know, really getting into the off season. Believe it or not, it's going to be June soon, and I think that means that we'll be transitioning over into our series of previewing the upcoming opponents for the season. Um, but, you know, there's still still a lot of really interesting things that can happen. And, and I know, like, the big news of this week was already covered, and that is the Jair Alexander extension, which is going to free up some cap room. I know many of us are eager to blow through that as quickly as possible. Uh, I believe Aaron Nagler said that it was something like comparing to his daughters about wanting to spend their money as soon as they have it. Uh, (laughs) And yeah, we can do that because we're not the GMs and we don't have to worry about what Russ Ball is going to think of this. Um, So we thought it might be fun to take a look at what free agents are still out there. Maybe some that the Packers might want to consider using a little bit of those excess funds to go get. Yeah, we don't have
1: to be responsible. This is not our money. So, uh, yeah, we understand that the Packers have a little bit more wiggle room in this cap situation. And that means that they're going to have room for, you know, the essentials. Right. If we're being practical, they got to pay for the practice squad room to make some moves during the season and those kinds of things. But we also know that this team is all-in for this season, and there are some places where the Packers are strong in the starting lineup, but certainly lack some depth. So it wouldn't be crazy to see them get a little aggressive, maybe uh, scrape together a little bit of the cash, and make a move or two to strengthen the depth of this roster. Uh, So we're going to Go ahead and throw out a name or two, um, maybe on each side of the ball, that we really think maybe could interest Green Bay at this point in the offseason when those contracts aren't so crazy. So let's start, Andrew, if you're good. Let's start on the offensive side of the ball and get into some of this. Uh, Who can you see the Packers still making uh,
2: an effort to sign at this point in the offseason? Yeah, so, like, there's a ton of big names out there, and everybody's very attracted by the big names. You know, you could look at Tackle, somebody like Dwayne Brown from Seattle, uh, or most most recently Seattle. Uh, Eric Fisher was on the Colts last year. He's Mm -hmm. still available uh, at wide receiver. You got Odell Beckham, right? Right. Everybody loves to talk about Odell Odell (laughs) Beckham. Uh, Packers favorite, Will Fuller. You have Julio Jones, of course, right? Yeah. Everybody's clamoring to get Julio on board uh, at tight end. Rob Gronkowski is still available. Perk your ears up on that one. Um, and uh, J.C. Treader still floating out there. Yeah, time Packers Packer great. great. Yeah, the Cornell alum, J.C. Treader. And yeah. don't forget Antonio Brown, still unsigned. Mm, another Packer favorite, right? Please know. Please, Just, please, it, it please will no. never die. Please, no. So, anyways, we <laughs> talk about which offensive players Packers might actually sign, which is not Antonio Brown. So, do I get to go now? You get to go first. Okay, all right, let's get started here.
1: I've got my eye on a couple guys I'm excited to talk about on the show today. I feel like we could totally see the Packers make that addition at wide receiver. Will Fuller makes a ton of sense. We know that the Packers have coveted his skill set in the past, and it's unlikely that he's going to cost a lot at this point, right? But I'm actually going to go in a little bit different direction here, and I am shopping in the bargain bin of the tight ends, and I'm not sure that Tanyan that is going to be good to go at the start of the season. Uh, Lewis brings a totally different element than Tanyan does, and I think the jury is still kind of out on Deguara. So I think the Packers bringing someone else in, especially if Tunyon were to start on the pup, uh, could make a ton of sense. And the first two names uh, that come to mind, I'm going to talk about two guys, but the first one is, is Kyle Rudolph. And of course, we know he was with the Vikings for a long time, recently spent time in New York with the Giants, but he's still a free agent and he intends to keep playing. He's 32 years old, and so he's definitely kind of approaching the latter portions of his career, but he is someone that I think can give you enough as a blocker and as a receiver to really help your offense out. And he's an experienced veteran. He can come in, perform at a higher level than maybe someone like Daphne or these guys like Eli Wolf or Tyler Davis. No disrespect to those guys. They just aren't the seasoned veterans that someone like Rudolph is. Uh, The other name I'm going to throw out and put in the mix here is former Packer Jared Cook. And I know that there were some hard feelings between the Packers and Cook when they couldn't get a new contract worked out. Um, but 2016, that was, that was a long time ago, Andrew. So that was a different GM. That is a different head coach. And I just think if you're looking for someone who can give you a little bit in the receiving game until Tunyon is ready, Cook can still be that guy, right? He's not the player that he once was. He's 34 years old. But he still had 79 targets for the Chargers last year. And I think the familiarity with Rodgers, right, they've played together, that could prove valuable in that first half of the season if they're just trying to get by until they get Tunyon back. So uh, both Rudolph and Cook, they're going to be real cheap, right? They're going to be three, $4 million deals. I can see the Packers making that call
2: um, here at some point this summer. Is Eli Wolf like Elliot Wolf's? <laughs> Pretend name that he's trying to get on a roster now. Right,
1: right. They're like, well, you can't be the new GM. So he's like taking the back door, and he's like,
2: he's bulked up. He's just he's, like, he, he's like five, yeah. five, one hundred and fifty. So I have a hard time imagining him playing uh, tight end. But he's done nothing but drink energy or like uh,
1: protein <laughs> drinks for a couple of years, and he's he's real big
2: now. I didn't know there was a Packer rosterable player named Eli Wool. So yeah. uh, egg on my face, but. Yeah. uh <laughs> So if you're if you're walking into Target, right, the two guys you just talked about, Kyle Rudolph, Jared Cook, they're in that like front section, yeah, right? they're in that yeah. real cheap section, right. <laughs> but there could be some surprising value there. The player I'm going to talk about was once a high price commodity and is now in the clearance section, like okay. the deep clearance section, yeah, and yeah. that is uh, T. Y. Hilton, who I like to call Tyrannosaurus Yeoman Hilton. Uh, <laughs> yeah, like yeah, this is a big name pick, but Really, like, I can't get past the feeling that he still has something left in the tank. This is Mm. a guy who's proven that he can be a reliable threat, even with questionable quarterback play at times during his career. And I think this is a situation where you could just see, like, who's going to win the camp battle between T.Y. Hilton and Sammy Watkins. you got two veteran options. You throw them both out there. Who Mm. develops better rapport with Rodgers? And then also, like, who stays healthy during the preseason? And whichever one doesn't. You know, it's sort of like the Joker breaking the pool stick and saying, we got a roster spot for one of you. And yeah. uh, you just let him fight it out. And then, you know, neither one of the, those guys is going to play special teams. So you just see. And then, potentially, I'm just saying, maybe maybe T.Y. or Sammy doesn't make the roster, but they could be hanging around. And then when the Packers have other roster moves to make, um, they could potentially look at that. But of the veteran free agent like wide receivers. I think Hilton has the most appeal, even Mm -hmm. if he's not like the flashiest uh, name that that is available. Yeah, very, very interesting. And I think we're looking at
1: we're at the point in the offseason where you made the analogy to like we're in the we're in the discount area. This is the clearance (laughs) section of Target. At some point you just you just make the purchase because maybe Maybe it's something that it's better than what it's marked as, right? Like, there's that chance, and you just go ahead and make make the move.
2: Yeah, and I was just going to say, and no comp picks, right? Like, the comp pick formula is over, and so you can roll the dice on somebody, and it's not going to hurt you. Yeah.
1: I got a Justin Herbert jersey for $7 at Target because they put it in the wrong Target because we're obviously out of market. I'm just throwing that out there that was the steal of a lifetime right well i hope okay.
2: i hope you find
1: somebody on ebay and find a good home for yeah that. maybe maybe that happens okay i'm gonna move on here uh to another guy i'm not this is tough because i'm honestly not sure that the packers have a ton of room to add offensive line to this this roster right after the draft there's so many guys in that room but there's a difference between a young developmental player and someone who's stacked success year after year in the league. And if the Packers plan to move Elton Jenkins to tackle when he returns, you can certainly make the argument that there's a little bit of a hole there to fill at guard. And Quentin Spain is someone who is, at a minimum, a league average starter at guard. And he's familiarity with Matt LaFleur. They're both in Tennessee in 2018. So maybe kind of a long shot because of what the way that that offensive line room is stacked right now, but I like the fit and I think he's a savvy move if they kind of want to avoid some of those hiccups with
2: a young player early on. Yeah. And that's, that's an interesting name. I, I think I was clamoring for Quentin Spain the year, the Packers hired. I think you were.
1: Yeah. I remember that.
2: Um, That's that's an interesting callback for me. I I had the same position for my next player, um, but different player. And and that is Daryl Williams. Um, And so, like, I would follow the exact same arguments that you made for Spain, right? Like getting that veteran presence. The difference with Daryl is he showed the ability to flip between guard and tackle Mm, for the Bills last season. And I think he could be a really fun veteran addition with some awesome versatility. So mm-hmm. he can play right tackle if Yash isn't ready for that or not capable of flipping over to the right side and then potentially kick inside if he's playing well when Elton mm-hmm. comes back. So, you know, it's the same idea. I, It's it's amazing, though. Like, you you look at some of the names that are out there. These are, like, starting quality offensive linemen. Yeah, and, yeah. And uh, just be available at this point in free agency. I've is, heard is some Bills,
1: Bills fans are kind of confused with, like, Daryl Williams is a player that they would like to see back. You know, you hear some of these fan bases, like at some point, these guys that are still out on the market, they're like, wouldn't our team be better if these guys were were here? So it's going to be really interesting just to see where these guys fall in general, even if they're not Packers.
0: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed.
3: are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified health care provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new health care regimen, including EE system.
2: Yeah, so let's flip over to the defensive side of the ball and see if there's anybody that we'd be interested in signing. Of course, you have defense alignment, Akeem Hicks still hanging out there, uh, edged Jadavion Clowney, who is always available at this time of year, just he's just waiting. Until all of the offseason stuff is done, so he doesn't have to go through workouts. Uh, you have Edge Derek Barnett uh, of the Philadelphia Eagles, uh, linebacker AJ Johnson from Denver, Larry Joby, the defensive lineman, uh, Bryce Callahan, the corner, linebacker Anthony Barr from the Vikings, of course, uh, cornerback Chris Harris Jr., Sheldon Richardson, Landon Collins, Kyle Fuller, Jamie Collins, Carlos Dunlap. There's a ton of really talented veteran players who have made a lot of money in the past. Uh, well, a, a significant amount of these players have. Um, but, you know, are, are, a lot of those are entering the twilight of their career but could mm. still be really, really fun developmental pieces. So uh, you got a name that you, that you want to throw onto this list, Kyle?
1: I do. And actually there's a big name that pops to me just of, you know, Packers Connection. We know that the Packers have been infatuated. <laughs> with Don't do pa- it. <laughs> I'm going to say the name. Kyle Fuller, right? They've been infatuated with this corner for a long time. Uh, it seems oh, back- I
2: thought you were going to say something else.
1: My bad. Oh, no, it's good. Yeah, yeah. This is true, though, right? Like, Brian Gutekunst has had his eye on Kyle Fuller for a while. And we know that the Packers could certainly use some depth at corner. Um, but I'm just not sure that there's enough of a path to immediate playing time for Fuller as good of and solid of a player as he's even as an aging player for him to sign with the Packers. He kind of knows that there's not that path, at least immediately. Uh, But I do think there's some other really interesting names to keep an eye on for the Green Bay Packers. Honestly, I'm going to say it, Andrew, I'm going to do it. One of those names is Kevin King. Okay. There are about a half dozen corners who could be really interesting pickups for the Packers. But most of those guys, they might be better players. I'm just going to say it. But most of those guys are 31, 32. There's some 33 year olds on that list. Kevin King's 27. And I'm not going to sit here and argue for Kevin King's ceiling. I think we kind of know what he is. But I do think he's going to be cheap, right? He's not in demand. He wasn't in demand last offseason when there was a little bit more of a hope that maybe, you know, maybe some of those playoff performances were. They weren't the full player, right? We were just remembering those things more importantly than, than the rest of his his journey. But he's not in demand now, right? And so he's going to be cheap. Nobody wants him, unfortunately, poor guy. <laughs> but he knows the defense. He's a quality depth piece. And fans may not like Kevin King, but the reality is he's probably a starting level corner for half the teams in the NFL. He's one of the top three corners on most rosters in this league. So if he's your fourth option, your first guy off the bench, you could do a lot worse than that. So I know that that's not going to be popular, but the longer he's out there, the longer a reunion probably makes
2: sense for the Packers. Yeah, and I'm pretty sure that, depending on the contract size he got, it may actually save the Packers' room to have him on the roster. I wondered of what about he's- that because of what he's owed, I think they can actually like slim down their, their cap number by signing. Um, so that's interesting. And it's interesting that there seems to be like no momentum in that direction, but I don't know. I'm going to go with a different secondary player. Uh, and that is Lannon Collins, who is an interesting name because he'd give the Packers the third safety, Mm -hmm. um, that I think we all thought that they were going to address in the draft, but Last year, demonstrated he's much better at playing in the box as a hybrid linebacker. So he would give them that flexibility to be an injury insurance for Amos or Savage. Like not ideal because yeah. uh, I don't love him as a deep safety, but he also plays some of that fun dime stuff. So he's going to mm. give give you those those dime linebacker reps in addition to the linebackers Packers already have, and give them a whole bunch of flexibility to move guys on and off the field. Now. Collins made a lot of money in Washington, right? <laughs> like, yeah, like a lot, like a way lot. too much. <laughs> so I'm not sure he'd want to just title chase somewhere else. Maybe he's done, maybe he lost his passion, Um, but he's definitely a name. I think Jaquiski Tart is the lesser known player, Um, mm. but he's actually better. Yeah. The, I, I just, I personally have a really hard time getting past watching him drop the game winning interception. That would have ruined Matthew Stafford's whole reputation and prevented the Rams from winning the Super Bowl. Not that I wanted the 49ers to win, but um Tart's fun too. And like it's interesting that he's still out there. I know, you know, we've we've seen safeties who have had like really, really good track records just like not sign in free agency for whatever reason. So mm. I, you know, I think I like the idea of Landon Collins mostly as like the third. Uh, maybe fourth linebacker in addition to being in depth at safety. But Jaquisky Tart would be a really fun one too.
1: Yeah, it's going to be really interesting to see what they do at safety because it's It's kind of thought that the Packers have always played so many three safeties. Um, people have kind of commented that that kind of started to taper off uh, towards the end of the season last year, maybe not playing as many three safeties on the field at the same time. And then when they completely I don't want to say ignored it in the draft, but so many people thought that they would be addressing it in the draft and they did. not it'll be interesting to see if maybe that Jair commitment to playing a lot of that star slot role, maybe that's kind of a concession that they're going to make is like Jair's our star and maybe we roll with two safeties and it's a different kind of a, a little bit different of a feel with that, you know, a kind of a star power in your slot, you know, okay. position. So it'll be interesting to see how they roll. Um, you ready for me to jump into this next one? Let's do it. Okay, so Justin Houston is my next one here. And the Packers obviously signed Whitney Merciless last offseason to be that depth rusher who has a ton of NFL experience, who could still be effective in probably a reduced role. That's kind of the idea. And Justin Houston feels like that guy – this offseason, right? He's someone we know the Packers were interested in a few years back uh, when he ended up in Indy. He's now 33 years old, so he is getting up there, uh, but he can certainly still bring it as a pass rusher. He was PFF's 19th overall edge rusher in 2021, which was surprising to me. That's pretty remarkable for him to continue to produce at that rate at his age. So if you can get him on the cheap, and he can be your third or fourth guy and be a veteran presence for guys like Gary um, and and Barre as he's coming up as a rookie. I think it's a pretty sweet setup if you can add him to the room. So curious to see what his price tag is. But again, at this point, you can't imagine that it's going to be huge.
2: Yeah, and it's funny because we picked the same position again. Different players. Uh, I I had Trey Flowers right, and and I feel like the role of the third pass rusher is something the Packers could really use. You just laid out that argument brilliantly, so I'm not going to rehash that. But <laughs> Thank you. So some justification, um, or same justification as you, just like a different player. And and Flowers certainly made his bag with the Lions, right? This is mm-hmm. the same argument I'm making as Landon Collins, like right. You already made your money. Do you want to go chase a ring? And if he still has the desire to play, he may as well just jump to a division rival. This takes all the pressure off of him as a player, right? He mm-hmm. goes from being like this huge, colossal free agent addition to just the third guy. You just throw him in the rotation. The Packers get a really good run defender on the yeah. edge, which I know that they appreciate. Yeah. Who can also rush the passer, and if I'm remembering correctly, he has the ability to kick inside a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, so I do think Trey Flowers to New England as the Patriots love to do, right? watch Mm -hmm. those guys go get paid and then bring them back uh, at the end of their career, kind of like Jamie Collins, who's another available free agent. Um, I do think that makes a ton of sense, but I I also think for the Packers' sake that he could be a really, really interesting dynamic as that third pass rusher.
1: Yeah, and we saw them in the draft. I think this is an interesting dynamic to see how this plays out because we saw them really just take the best player available and these guys who just kind of seemingly fell to them and in a and in uh, Walker late as a tackle and maybe some positions that they were maybe not planning on emphasizing at those places in the draft. But so it'll be interesting to see if Brian Gutekunst does dip back into this free agent pool to kind of not fix those things. But when you're free enough to follow the draft and get the best players for your team and not, force need to fill certain positions, you like that ability to kind of bounce back to this free agent pool and make some of those additions uh, to kind of balance things out. And I think we could see that at safety, at edge rusher, um, at some of these spots that the Packers maybe didn't address in some of the ways that maybe we thought that they would.
2: Yeah, but... That's all the time that we have for today, so we'll see if if this any of what we just said comes to fruition at all. Um, this has been the Packer Day Podcast. If you're watching on YouTube, I've always wanted to do this, Kyle, even though I've hosted YouTube several times. Like and subscribe <laughs> below.
3: <laughs> if you're
2: listening to the audio version, we, we'd love for you to, to take a look at giving us a review and, and subscribing as well. Uh, you can catch Kyle on Twitter at Packer underscore Punnett. You can catch me at Andrew Mertig. Kyle, Maggie will be back next week, uh, and myself can be heard every single Friday. Next week, we'll be back breaking down more of the off season. Thanks for listening, and as always, remember.